And today, Sally's taking us on a journey around various parts of the world. We're going from the top of Norway to the Emirates and maybe a few parts in between to a new RFM. And it's time to talk travel. Sally Lucas. We're heading off first to a fairly cool place, I understand. Well, Jane, last week we did talk a lot about Norway, of course, and I just wanted to... I didn't quite finish where I wanted to finish last week, so I'm just doing a little tail-end piece here to finish off where where we finished up, um, which was in Czechness, which is the most northern point of Norway, which is 40 k's from the Russian border. And what we also did there, which was fascinating, they have a snow hotel about half an hour out of um, Czechness that you can stay at. And it, it's, they've got it it's to actually a, made of snow. Yeah, icy yeah. snow. And they can actually keep it almost year round now, but not to stay in. So the basis of it is still there, but then they've got to improve it and, and add to it as the weather gets colder. So they don't actually, it doesn't completely all melt away or anything. And wow. uh, I said it would be cold. Yeah, well, incredible. So they're actually working on it when we were there the, in the night time, the, the workmen, to get it ready for this season because they open it up in December, which is only this weekend, of course, now. And uh, so that was fascinating to go there, but they also have cabins there, these beautiful wooden cabins you can stay in with, you know, delightful views and sitting areas and all lovely heated, of course. And originally it was a, a big block of ground. They were originally in town and then they had to move out because of a Telstra Tower or something equivalent. But now they've got this incredible space, which is better for them because it's, it's quieter. It's out of town and, of course, you can get to see the northern lights there and we did see our glimpse there as well. And they have 180 huskies. Oh. I could have brought them all home. <laughs> They were stunning and they were so friendly and so beautiful and from little puppies in the puppy stage all the way through to the mature adults and they were getting them ready in training for when they do all the sled rides, etc., which they do there. And you can also, they let the uh, the locals go cross-country skiing along the sled tracks until the, um, the, the, the dogs are ready to pull the sleds again. So re- really fascinating. It was a really interesting uh, and we had reindeer for dinner, but it wasn't Rudolph. <laughs> of course it was It was farmed and it was a lovely, King crab soup and yeah, so it was project. yeah, so Excellent. it was all delightful. So yeah, that if but it does puzzle me a little. How do you manage to stay warm when you're staying in a snow hotel? Well, they have they took us to the room in adjacent to the in the snow hotel. They're actually building a connecting covered wooden tunnel now, which they didn't have before. So people from the snow hotel can go straight into what they call these change rooms, then upstairs to the restaurant, which was once a big barn because where this is now, it was once a farm. So they've kept the old and they've kept all some of the old timbers and used them you know as well which is fascinating so yes they give you these proper sleeping bags and suits and even to to uh, go and visit the dogs they worry about them jumping up on you because they're so friendly that you could scratch your good clothing or something so they actually give you proper proper onesies to go and, and visit the huskies as well and they have the reindeer do come down but they weren't there the night they were mainly come down during the daytime but yes they do give you the proper stuff that doesn't accommodate very many i can't remember how many now off the top of my head but it's only a small amount of people that, that wish to just have that experience so <laughs> There you go. Otherwise, you can stay in the nice heated cabins. <laughs> oh, and they were delightful. I'd stay in one of them any time. <laughs> so and after that, Jane, we headed down to Lisbon for a few days to meet up with some friends. And what I found, even though I've been to Lisbon before, I'd never heard of this particular museum. And luckily, a friend in Newcastle put me onto this before I went, and it's called the Kaloost Gulbenkian Museum. Wow, what a museum. It was amazing. It's this philanthropist who left all his collection. He was scared 
appeared all his life. His name was Mr. Kulbenkian, of course. He was originally Armenian and he liked what Lisbon was doing and he was uh, with, with art at the time. And this is towards the end of the or during the Second World War even because he was getting worried. He was living in Paris at the time and thought he needed to, to move his collection because Paris was at risk, etc. And he didn't really want it to go to America, so he thought he'd try Lisbon. And he lived in the ho- just in a hotel for the last 12 years of his life. But he started putting some pieces in a museum, then eventually this is a purpose-built museum for his collection. He had collected over 6,000 items of which only a 1,000 are on display, everything from the late 1400s right through into the 1900s till he passed away. And honestly, I've just never seen such a remarkable collection from the most beautiful, unmarked, not broken at all statue of Diana by a French sculptor to, to Rembrandt paintings, to Lalique jewellery, to the most beautiful Chinese screens, to Islamic art, Egyptian art. It. If you haven't been to this museum, I tell you, it, and you do the hop-on, hop-off bus and you can get off and do this, um, which was great to do that hop-on. And they have about three different routes for that, by the way, in, in Lisbon. You can do the inner city old part, then you can go to the newer, the modern areas, and then you can go to the Belém area, which is down near the waterfront. So hop-on, hop-off buses are wonderful. But if you are going, do not miss this museum when you go to Portugal or to Lisbon, should I say. It's absolutely magnificent. I've never seen such a collection. To a new RFM's Talking Travel, Sally Lucas, we've been up high in the Northern Territory coming further down with Lisbon. And where are we off to now? Well, we're going a little bit further down again. So we're ending up in Oman. And um, I was there a couple of years ago. I've got friends that live there who used to live in Dubai, now live in Oman. And so it was lovely to be able to go back and visit them again and uh, do something that we hadn't done last time, which was good. Um, We had already done the Grand Mosque, which is just superb, and the Opera House, which is stunning. And This is in Oman? In in Muscat, yeah. Yeah, and, um, you know, we'd done the souks and so we've we did all the basics last time so this time we sort of well actually the boys just had a couple of games of golf actually because we were there at a cooler time of the year this time which was only around 28 29 you know not the high humidity and the high heat like we had 48 degrees last time we were there there's a difference so you weren't playing golf i can assure you yeah i bet not no but anyway so they had a bit of fun together which was nice thing to do because they've got this beautiful golf course it's stunning which is just adjacent to where they live and um yeah so anyway we hired a driver for a day and he took the four of us up into the into the mountains, the Jabal Akhtar mountains they're called, and they are, some days you just look out and if it's a clear day, they just look, they've been painted on the sky. Mm. They're this incredible, magnificent, rugged granite mountains that, that get this grey, mauvish hue to them. It's like a watercolour painting, you know. So if people can try and imagine that or conjure that up, our listeners, this is Oman is very different to some of the other emirates that you might know about, like Dubai and Abu Dhabi. Um, it still is a Muslim country, of course, which means there's no alcohol. When I say there's no alcohol, there, there is, but it only licensed premises, certain premises have, you know, licence. And if you live there, you are allowed to have a permit to buy so much alcohol. A month, um, but it's not a common thing, of course. But they also encourage women to have careers. They don't have to wear the full burqa. Uh, they can drive cars, so it's a more relaxed. Uh, and that's the way the, the Sultan loves it. Uh, he's about eighty now, so we're, everyone's wondering who will take his place and how the country will change. Because he's been very particular about he wants tourism to increase, but not at the risk of doing what Dubai and Abu Dhabi have and just built. 
you know, the taller, the taller, the tallest and keep getting bigger and bigger and brasher and all that. You know what I mean? It's very, very different. And, of course, it's a huge country. And you've got the Yemen below it and you've got Saudi Arabia above it. Uh, but it's a massive country and both Abu Dhabi and Dubai are just little pinpricks when you compare them to the size of Oman. So it's got a lot offering to, for you to do, a lot of wonderful drives you can do. Boating is fabulous, diving, waters are turquoise blue. Um, so it's it's quite a stunning country, to be quite honest with you. I think they're still getting there with tourism. They've been greening it. They've been putting more gardens in, you know, the road, making the roads more attractive with planting, you know, in median strips. And, you know, they're just gradually bit by bit because they really do want tourism. Um, and it's, it's sort of, I think it's lovely to go to a country when this is just starting. So you, you're seeing it in its original state before. Hopefully it doesn't change too much. As I said, he, he doesn't want high rise and all this sort of thing to happen, but you just don't know. But the drive we did into the mountains, it, it was a long day. We left about 930 and we drove and met the driver in his village called Izki. And he says, everyone thinks he's saying whiskey. <laughs> and his name was Ali. So we had fun all day, Ali and Sally. But anyway, that's okay. He was, a, he was a lovely, lovely man. And the Amanis are extremely friendly, by the way. Extremely friendly race of people. Can't do enough to help you. Um, so, yeah, we did about a 400k return trip. And uh, we drove as far as his village. And then he took us from there. And we went into the mountains called the Jabalakdar Mountains. And the, this the beautiful old villages is just unbelievable, and their irrigation systems they have, and their, their, you know, their absolute. I don't know what you call them, orchards. You wouldn't, do they? Um, oases, um, the date palms, anyway. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, the wonderful date palms that they grow, and the dates you get from that area in Nizwa, which is an internal city. Um, we ate some of the dates that we had. One of the places we stopped, and even one of our friends, Gav, said, "I don't normally eat dates and like them all that much because I can't stop eating these." <laughs> so if you ever get dates from Nizwa in Oman and get the opportunity they are to die for. The bee's knees. Mm -hmm. But yes, so we actually, as we climbed up to a couple of thousand metres, it got down to nine degrees and even though we were 28 to 30 in musket, here we were, you know, less less than 200 k's away. And that's Happy it. you had a jumper with you. I didn't. I just had a pashmina. I didn't think it would get that cold, so I had to wrap that around me, but that, that had to suffice. And then we visited... Um, what was a once a village built into the cliff? They have lots of the, or quite a few of these villages that were built into the cliffs. That like happens in a lot of, I think, the like in Jordan and various other countries, Egypt as well, where buildings are built in to the rock face. So we went to one of these that was a village once, but now it's a guest house, and just with four bedrooms, and. The walk, I had no idea it was going to be such a difficult walk. You have to walk down this rocky little gorge and back up the other side. It was a good half hour. So you couldn't have any luggage unless you just had a backpack and you're only going to stay overnight or two nights or something. Basic but nice accommodation, you know, and um, they provide you with a simple meal and, you know, so on. And they've got a flying fox which they can get goods over. Um, but that doesn't take people. So, yeah. Walk. <laughs> so it's called the Cliff House. And that was fascinating. Then he took us to his original home village and showed us where he went to school. And, you know, his, all his family are, that are alive are, are still there. And, you know, that, it was a really lovely way to do it with, with someone who was a just a local. Inside information. Yeah. He, he worked in the oil fields for two weeks as a security officer. Then he has two weeks off. And, um, yeah, he does this as his part-time job in his two weeks off. Excellent. But it, 
it was it wow. was a yeah, yeah wonderful experience and uh, it just put it on your bucket list. Oman's a very interesting country. To a new RFM, we're talking travel. Sally Lucas, what's in the hot deals department at the moment in the current marketplace? Well, I thought everyone was going mad because I kept getting these emails saying there was a Black Friday sale. I'm saying, but it's not Black Friday for another two weeks, Friday the 13th. So I'm obviously not at all Americanized and had no idea they celebrated the day after Thanksgiving as a Black Friday. And now we do too. And now for some unknown, we, we are. But having said that, there are lots of discounted fares out there at the moment if you want to take advantage of Black American Black Friday. Um, Virgin Australia and Delta, they're giving discounted fares with um, up to 250 donations as long as you book by next Wednesday the 4th and you can save on main cabin and premium select fares and you've got fares to Los Angeles in economy starting from under 900 and around about two and a half in premium. Um, also, you've got Colette Tours. They've got up to 15% off tours worldwide again their offer finishes though tuesday the third so these are very short-lived all these black friday specials international rail they've got a great lot of discounts 15 percent on first class euro global passes and they've got discounts of 10 percent off second class and etc etc and as you know euro pass is a fantastic way to get around europe of course and everyone is doing that these days i think is rather than flying within europe is you know traveling by rail is just such a, a pleasant pleasant way of going so so they've got discounts, um, even car rentals like Auto Europe. They've got a Black Friday sale if you're doing car rental. Uh, also, you've got Trafalgar have got 20% off selected trips as well. They're calling it an ultimate flash sale on a lot of their European itineraries. Um, and that's only, though, till Monday with them. So they're all different when they've got their finishing date. It's either Monday, Tuesday or Wednesday. But if if you just want to get a bit of a saving and you can you know, pop in and do that next week, well, you know, you, you might just be able to All take power. advantage, you know. <laughs> um, so moving right along from there, however, back to Oz, Air New Zealand have got a Norfolk Island sale, which they have from time to time throughout the year. Um, and they had a show on, apparently, I didn't realise this week on the Weekend Today show featuring uh, the island during their weather segments. So this is on sale till the 11th of December. So you've got a little bit longer for this one. And they've got some great savings here. They vary from which retreat you're going to be staying at, which style of resort, but anything from, oh gosh, $250 off and when you get into your really upmarket stuff, it's anything up to $2,200 off into your luxury stay. So Norfolk on sale, keep that in mind till the 11th of December and also you've got some other lovely holiday destinations in um, Fiji that are on sale until the 29th of November and a couple of them actually go through to the 13th and 15th of December. Again with some great savings to be had across those areas of, you know, round about anything from just under 400 to over $2,000 per person saving on those. Um, If you want to sort of live luxury, this offer ends the 19th of December. Um, Ponon, they're having a €150 onboard credit per cabin available on a range of their lovely cruises like the Cyclades and Ancient Treasures, Treasures, a lovely seven-night cruise. And the other one is uh, from Venice to Athens. They call it from Serenissima to the City of the Gods. Mm. I love some of their titles. Um, Best of Croatia, etc. These are all for sale until the 19th of December and their cruise is for um, 2021. So we're going even way ahead mm. with that, aren't we? South African Airways have got sales. We did mention a sale last week, but they've got even more fares on sale 
sale now till the 15th of January in business class as well. So keep that in mind with some absolutely fabulous savings if you're wanting to duck across to Africa. And, of course, we've got the African itineraries have got their early birds up at the moment, um, just available till sold out. So just a matter of getting in early, as we say, as you can, just to make sure you, you get your savings, which have got savings of up to $1,800 per couple on a range of the evergreen tours of South Africa, ten- Kenya, Tanzania, etc., into those areas. So there's lots out there, Jane. And also just one last one, if I can mention it. We talked about the stands recently. It was lovely that a gentleman rang you up last week wanting to know the word I said that meant Monday, the capital city, which was Dunshabi. And just to remind you that there is a lovely tour that does the five stands, if you're interested. It's a 27-day itinerary, fully escorted, uh, ex-Australia, and it's about just over $12,500, but lots of inclusions, airfares included, heaps of meals, good accommodation, lots of local beautiful things like participating participating rather in handmade paper workshops, watching amazing horseman skills while you go to the nomadic games and just lots of wonderful inclusions if you're interested in the stands. And that's Talking Travel for today. Thank you, Sally Lucas. Thank you, Jane. And we'll be back next Friday after the 1 o'clock news on 2NURFM. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.